Hey, this is Mike Westerdahl, founder of Critical Bench. And if you want to create a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom, you have to listen to the Shit You Don't Learn in College podcast with my good friend, Xander Fryer. How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlick Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right, welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College with your host, Xander Fryer. Today, we've got a good buddy of mine, Mike Westerdahl. Mike has been described as a high performer, heavy hitter, massive action taker that always chooses to see opportunities for the better in any situation and shows abundant gratitude for all things. He's a best-selling author, a podcast host, and he's the owner of the multiple seven-figure business, Critical Bench. He's had two decades in the health and wellness space, over 3,000 videos on YouTube, 3 million social media and email followers. And to top it all off, he's also benched over 600 pounds. You're not going to want to miss this episode. In it, we dig into how not to procrastinate, the importance of what and who influences your subconscious mind, how to set goals the right way, and the emotional journey of being an entrepreneur. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. Every week, my team goes through our reviews, and for every new five-star review, we plant a tree to restore the rainforest in Madagascar, and we provide a child in India one year of free e-learning. So if you give us a review, you're giving back too. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. Uh, and today we've got Mike Westerdahl. Welcome, Mike. What's up? Happy to be here. Happy to have you, man. I'm excited to dig in with you. We've got a lot lot to go through and you've been uh, successful at a lot of different things in a lot of different areas. So I'm, I'm really excited to dig in. Um, but for, for everybody who doesn't know you, I, I'd love if you could just give uh, you know, maybe a little three-minute synopsis from you. Know, obviously, from your professional sports career to lifting to health and wellness to obviously being a very successful business owner. If you could just give like a little three-minute synopsis for everybody. Yeah, sure. Happy to do so. Um, I actually own a f- health and fitness publishing company called Critical Bench. I'm the CEO there. If we backtrack 20 years ago, the company started in college. I was a college football player and I had one of the strongest bench presses on the team. So for a school project, I made a website about bench pressing. And this was back in the day, I wasn't even collecting credit cards or doing anything and forgot all about the website. One day a check showed up in the mail and I was like, oh man, I better write this program. So I wrote it up, (laughs) went to Staples, got it binded, mailed it out. And that was the first customer. 
And um, after college, I took full-time jobs, but I never really lasted at any job more than nine months. That was my record. That's by the way, that's one of my favorite things that you and I have ever talked about. Like when you told me that I was like, Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd look out the window. It'd be dark when I got to work. It was dark when I left work and I just felt like life was passing me by. Um, I was living in Boston, uh, working as a personal trainer, doing the business critical bench on the side nights and weekends, just spending all my extra time working on that. And I decided to burn the ships and moved to Florida and said I would never accept another paycheck again and kind of started from scratch down there. The rest is history. There's been a lot of aha moments, a, a lot of lessons learned and a lot of bumps in the road. But that's kind of the background story of how I got started with Critical Bench. Today, we focus more on helping people over 40, men and women, with more exercise, wellness, stretching. It's not so much that background of bench pressing and powerlifting. No, no, longer, no longer just the college kid meathead showing people how to put more weight up on their bench press. Now you're doing a lot of stuff for a lot of people. Exactly. I love it, man. I love it. So uh, the, you and I, you and I have had some really fun and interesting conversations around the subconscious mind, the emotional journeys of, of entrepreneurship. And I definitely want to dig into those. But before I do, you, you kind of just mentioned something that I, I can't help but be curious about. Sure. Uh, you mentioned moving to Flor Florida, burning the boats and really going for it. Like you got, you got to tell me about the story, like how you got to that point. Because I think, I think there's so many people out there that, you know, maybe they know, maybe they know, they know they were meant for more. They know that, they, that their life is not what it could be or what it should be. Right. And, and I'd say probably like, I don't know, 95, maybe even 98% of people like may go through moments like that, where they have an opportunity to burn the boats or make a drastic change. And they, they don't, they end up settling. So I'm always interested in like that moment for people that, that caused you to really go for it. Like, could you, could you tell me about that? Yeah, I'd love to. So first thing to keep in mind, I didn't just quit and then start cold turkey with something new that was just an idea. I had something well, that's, going that's on. That's better than I did. You're a lot smarter man than I was. So I don't know about smarter. It's just two different ways to do it, right? But I did have some income from working on the business part-time. That's always an option if you're not ready yeah, to yeah. just cold turkey, go for it. You can start something. There's a lot more time in the day than you think. There's nights, yeah, yeah. there's weekends, there's other ways to get it done. But for me, I read the book Rich Dad poor dad yep, yep. by Robert Kiyosaki. And that really got me fired up. At the time I was working at Boston sports clubs, obviously up in Boston near Fenway park. And I was one of the top salespeople and you'd actually appreciate this story. On the internet, we have squeeze pages, things that collect emails. Well, in the gym industry, we had what was called lead boxes. You'd put boxes in pizza shops, places nearby, people would fill out a registration card to win a free month to the gym. And what we would do is go collect those papers, call everybody. You'd pick like one or two winners, but everybody got a free one week trial. So that was our yeah, way yeah. of like bringing people in. What I did was I stuck the, this up on the internet as a squeeze page, fill out yeah, your yeah. information to win a free month. And then all these emails were coming to me because I hooked it up with Google um, advertising. And yeah, yeah. at the time, Boston Sports Club didn't even own their own domains. It was Town Sports International, so nobody could find the gyms when they were looking for them. So they would find <laughs> Wait, my what, page. What, what, what year is this, by the way? Oh, wow. Let's go back. Uh, this has got to be like 15 years ago. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
So I got all the leads coming in and I was crushing it, getting awards for sales because I was doing phone sales, selling these passport memberships. I was mailing people their membership stuff all over like the area from Washington, yeah, Philadelphia, yeah. Boston, New York. But then corporate found out what I was doing. One day I showed up at work <laughs> and New York City human resources director was sitting in my office with the regional sales manager on my computer. I'm like, this isn't good. But it actually was good. So they told me I couldn't do that anymore. I had to follow the policies. I needed to get things approved by marketing. You know, they had the system. They wanted to plug people into the system. Like we talked yeah. about college. I, they want robots. There's high turnover. They need the next person to come in and just follow the protocol. But when I followed their protocol, I wasn't making any money. Or you didn't, you didn't get results. Yeah. Right. So I was creative. I was imagining. I was using my marketing skills. And that wasn't cutting it there. So once I wasn't making money anymore, I was like, I'm going to just focus on the business. I read the book. And then what we're about to talk about as well with the subconscious mind, my influences at the time, great people, but not necessarily having the same goals or ambitions that I was having. So kind of cutting yeah, yeah. ties and starting fresh somewhere where I could create my own environment and lifestyle design. That's what I wanted to do. And then Florida, opposite of Boston, no snow. No state income tax, just something new, really. That's that's huge, man. I I love that, and I love that you were able to do it. Um, you kind of alluded to this, so I just I want to start digging in deep with it. But you know, it sounds like a, a lot of what allowed you to do this was it, it's almost like a perfect storm of the the subconscious mind allowing you to really go for this stuff, um, and and obviously your intelligence around what is going on in your brain to go for this stuff. Uh, so let's talk about that. You know, this is this is something that you talk about. Um, you know, ITAR influences thoughts, actions, and results. Uh, let's dig in there. Tell me more about that. Yeah, and I know this is supposed to be things you didn't learn in college. I would say yeah, I, yeah. I knew a piece of this in college because when it came to sports and playing football, I was smart enough to hang out with the strong guys in the weight room. I ran with the fast guys on the field to try to get faster during the off season. So I had realized like who you hang out with is what you become. That was the start of it. Then there's the book Think and Grow Rich where you know you have to actually believe that these things are possible before you're able to even have a chance of accomplishing yeah, this, yeah. right? So the brain, you think of it as two parts. You've got the subconscious mind, which is your operating system. It's your programming. And from the time we were born, we're not the ones that program this. It comes from all the influences in our lives. Yeah, you've got your yeah. parents, you've got school, everything feeds this programming. And then that becomes your paradigm that you live in of what you think reality is and what's possible and, and what you can do. And then that goes to your actual conscious mind. Now, your subconscious doesn't know the difference between what's your imagination, what's a belief or what's actual reality. So we have so many negative thoughts and things that come into our lives. And a lot of people, they just kind of go with the flow. Life happens and it just kind of turns out the way it turns out if you don't take control of this. So that yeah, acronym yeah. that you just mentioned, I-T-A-R, it all starts with those influences on your subconscious mind. That's and really so when you say, when you say influences, yeah, when, when you say influences, it's it's everything in your environments, right? It sounds like it's the people around you. It's the the media you're taking on. It's, uh, you know, what whatever you're consuming, listening to, watching. Is, is that right? I mean, it's really everything in your yeah, environment. Yeah. But to shift your paradigm, to be able to, to go further, to accomplish more, 
it's got to be such a stretch of what you think is possible. Yeah, and really the only way you can do that is changing all these influences, thoughts. I think that all people were all energy. Have you ever been around somebody and you just felt funny and you just kind of wanted to get away from them? Yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's obvious, right? Like they're complaining, they're negative, and you're just like, this is like bringing me down. What does that mean? Emotionally, yeah. it's bringing you down. It's bringing down like your vibration, your, your frequency. And um, <clears throat> to bring that level up, like when we were at the 100M Mastermind, like the vibrations were just flying high, just being around right. everybody who's ambitious, who's trying to make an impact, trying to help people live in life on their own terms. I mean, it just raises your level, right? And it makes you, you think that we more can't is help, possible. Can't help. Yeah, you can't help but like just start to think bigger when you're around all these people. Like you mentioned, like you just feel like more is possible. And I, I don't know how else you explain it other than like it is a vibration. It is an energy. It's like you have to be there to really experience it. Right. But that's just one example. If you're not yep. currently right now being able to join a business group or a mastermind to be around like-minded people, there are so many other ways to to influence yourself with, with your thoughts that lead to your thoughts. So for example, oh, no. use music, do you have any songs you listen to that just get you fired up? Maybe it's before a workout. You can make a playlist of things. Um, listening to podcasts like shit you didn't learn in college or the strong by design podcast other things that's about getting better helping people yeah, yeah. those are all things that are going to raise your vibrations then there's the other hang-ups we have like a lot of people have a hang-up about money that it's some kind of a bad thing or something to feel guilty about it feels funny to even talk about it sometimes i know there's a lot of entrepreneurs business owners or people that are interested in this listening to the show so i could give you an example of uh, renting a Lamborghini for a few days. When you're driving that car, do you know how you're going to feel and what that's going to do to to your vibration? You're going to feel amazing. But maybe you don't have the money to do that. It's free to go to the dealership and walk around and look at the cars and you're still going to get that benefit. Now you might yeah, think yeah. it's irresponsible to waste money on something like that, but I'm telling you not to think of it that way. Don't think of your money um, as you're wasting it, because what you're doing is you're getting in a situation where you're able to to elevate your th your thinking and your influences. I, I I I love that, and I think that's so incredibly important, right? Like even if even if it's just going to the dealership and checking out, like going to the BMW dealership or the Lamborghini dealership, wherever you need to go to, like like get that feeling to change. I had a I had a buddy, um, you know, very well off now, makes makes um, you know multiple seven figures in his business. And he said when he was first starting he, like, from a poor family, completely bootstrapped, um, what he did is his, literally his first time that he had like like a thousand bucks in his bank account, he took 500 out in hundred dollar bills and he put $500 in his wallet. Yeah. He never, he never spent it, but he had at all times 500, five $100 bills in his wallet That's because he- he felt like it, you know, if I if I were a millionaire, I would always have five one hundred dollar bills in my wallet, so that you know, when I when I got great service at a restaurant or a Starbucks, I could tip a hundred bucks. And then, like that, just just having the five hundred dollar bills in his wallet started to shift the way that he viewed money. Right? Oh, do you have, do you have any, like, little, Yeah. Do you have any other little tips like that for somebody who's maybe like? like just starting off and looking, looking for ideas like that, that would really help them to shift their influences. You mentioned podcasts, anything else? Yeah. You could go to a five-star hotel and just hang out in that lobby area or go to the bar 
and order an iced tea and do some work there. Like you're oh, going to meet some people, your vibration is going to change from that. Um, maybe splurge and fly first class occasionally if you can afford it. Save up, yeah, save yeah. up for something like that. I, I love, I love the idea of the five star hotel because you know how much it costs to go work from a five star hotel lobby. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing, or at most a beer, right, or a cup of coffee, right. That's fun. that's a huge one. That's great. Um, so, so influences, influences, and thoughts, right? I think we're 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 digging into that and how important that is. Tell me about the the latter half of ITAR, the actions and the results. Right. So we're talking about all the influences, and also don't forget to block the negative is just as important as the positive yeah. that you're bringing in. So if if the news is on every day in your house, that really doesn't help. You're going to find out what's I'm, going I'm on. I'm pretty sure that all the news these days is really positive. It's, it's you know, really warming and, and you know, makes me feel good inside, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe the local news when they save a cat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So all these influences that come in. So let's say we get rid of the negatives. If you've got toxic people that are yeah. using you, um, just negative people that complain all the time. How do you how do you get rid of toxic people? How do you get rid of negative people? I feel like that's not about getting rid of. Um, yeah, I, I picture more more of a circle of a um, inner circle and like an yeah. outer sphere of influence. So, for example, family. There's nothing you can't like make them not your family, and you're going to have reunions right. and holidays right, right. and things. But only the people that are supportive, understanding. That's how much you share with them. Those are your inner circle people, and we've thought about this so much, my wife and I. It's like. Tell the people that you're close with, that are supportive, that understand your goals. That's who you can really share what you're doing with. That next yeah, level yeah. out, maybe you just give them a little bit of it. The next people out, maybe for them, you're more of a positive influence and you're more of a light for those yeah, yeah. people. But you don't let them affect you and you don't share the things that are really close to you and your heart with those people. Yeah. I, so think I, mean, that's, like I think that's so important. The people you're around. Yeah, that's so important because you know there's the Jim Rohn quote: "You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with." Right? So, like, you can be in other people's lives and you can be a light to them, but the people that influence you, you have to be very careful of who they and you are. You can love them from afar as well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And when people don't grow with you, and they had a chance to grow, it's not like we're leaving people. We're like, come on, this is what I'm doing. Like, I want you to come, and then it just causes uh, resistance sometimes from people. They get jealous of your success. They think you, that you're changing. It's like, yes, yeah. I am changing. That's the goal. I want to get better. Will, will every you single come day. with me or not? <laughs> if you're the same as we were in high school, that's not my problem. I'm growing. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, tough, but all this is. You're, 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 I, th I think you're going to strike a lot of chords with a lot of people right now because it, it, it's tough. It's really tough to like, be able to like, look at some of your friendships and your relationships and, and, you know, kind of shorten them or dis distance them or whatever it might take to really get to that point. I'm more, I'm more of a fan of letting it naturally kind of grow yeah. in different directions. There doesn't always have to be a door slammed in, in the face yeah, of yeah. a relationship. Like it can naturally just kind of go in different directions and it doesn't discount the relationship or the memories that you had. But I think successful people, they look forward at, at what's coming versus dwelling on the past and living in the past. I think that's really big. So all these things are the influences and really the people. Look at your phone. Who are the five people that you contact, text with, call the most? Who are those five people? Think about those people. Are they lifting you up or are you lifting them up? Because you don't want to be just like in a neighborhood for real estate. You don't want to be the most expensive house in the neighborhood. It brings down your value. 
right? Yeah, so there's yeah. times for ministry. Our podcast, we don't make any money off it. It's just helping people with fitness, with spirituality, um, you know, business. We're not making money off that. There's times to devote your time to help people. But the majority of your time cannot be spent with people that are going to be bringing you down a couple notches. Yeah, so yeah. all this is your influences. All your influences lead to the T, which is your thoughts. It's it's what you're thinking, and that's your inside your subconscious mind. Those are the things that are going to keep feeding your reality, which wind up after your thoughts becoming your actions, what you actually do, your habits, what you take action on or don't take action on, which leads to the R, which is your results. Influence, yeah. thoughts, actions, results. It all starts with programming the subconscious mind and taking control of that. So, so yeah, and I, I love this, by the way, because I think so many people, so many people wonder why, you know, person A is successful and person B is not, or someone, you know, why, why someone with a similar background to them, you know, ends up becoming successful, becomes a millionaire, has a great relationship and, and why they're not. And really what you're telling me is like, it all comes back to the influences on your subconscious. It could. And I think we're all born into different situations, which is your programming yeah. that you grew up with that it's tough. You got to like make an effort to overcome this and change the path. Yeah, but it yeah. can be done, but you can't just keep drifting with the programming that you've already been given. You can't keep allowing that programming to. Yeah, I mean, if you've got children and they see you following your dreams, you see they see you um, spending money, doing things, they, they start to think of what's possible when they're older, yeah, think yeah. of, think of another kid that grew up being told money doesn't grow on trees. We can't afford this. You're not good enough. So hopefully people have coaches and pastors and adults and friends that are positive, but not everyone does, but you can start this with a virtual mastermind in your head. Like yeah. you can grow rich. Like he sat and like met with read books from all different people that he wanted to learn from, read autobiographies from some great leaders in the country. Like you that's can do that, so like, read the right books. I think that's, that's right so podcast. funny because yeah, if you, if you can't, if you can't afford, if you can't afford to, you know, join a mastermind with, you know, a lot of these high level influencers, well, can't, yeah, like you mentioned, can you afford, you know, 15 bucks for Albert Einstein's autobiography or biography or Ben, Ben Franklin's biography, you know, cause like I'm, I'm a huge fan of biographies cause you literally get an insight into their mind, how they worked and you can absorb that programming just by reading that book. Yeah. So that's huge. It's I awesome. Um, so obviously I T A R huge influence on you getting started in your business and, and the ability for you to be successful. Um, so when you when you really got rolling with Critical Bench, I'm sure it was it was just really easy to get going, right? You just you started going, and all of a sudden it just took off. Everything was daisies and rainbows. Um, tell me, tell and you, this is something you and I talked about, but tell me about the emotional journey of of a company, what it actually takes, because I think there's a lot of listeners. A lot of listeners know they might be they might be an entrepreneur, they might be starting as an entrepreneur, or maybe they want to become an entrepreneur. I think it's really important for everybody to have proper expectations of what it takes to, you know, to be able to build a life where you're making great money, you have freedom, you're impacting, you know, thousands of lives. You know, I, I think you have, you have like something like a 900,000 followers on YouTube or something like that on critical bench, right? Like there's, there's a lot of, I'd people. rather just call it a million, but we'll be there. <laughs> we'll call it, we'll call it a million. We'll call it a million. 
Um, but that's a massive impact that you're having on this world. And it was, it was really easy to get started. Right. Tell me about that. Right. That's the, that's the whole sarcasm piece there. That's, <laughs> it's tough. And we'll get into the emotional cycle. I did want to touch on goal setting real quick. Cause I think that's sure. a real sure. nice connection piece. So when I started my business, I could not even imagine where I am right now. I didn't yeah. picture yeah. a multiple seven figure business when I first yeah. started. Yeah. Like, and if I did picture it, I didn't know how to get there. Right. Like, so there's three types of goals. You've got, you've got your basic goal. That's like a goal where you're trying to improve by, let's say 10% and you have a plan and you know how to do it. And you're very confident you'll be able to pull that off. That's a basic goal. Those are great to have. Then we've got what's called stretch goals. That's where you might be going for 50 to a hundred percent improvement. Now with this one, you're not positive you can do it, but you've got a good idea of how you might be able to pull this off. You're not sure it's going to happen, but you've got a good chance. That would be a stretch goal. That's an uncomfortable goal, right? Then I'm talking off the charts. We were talking about vibrations and frequencies. I'm talking not even on the same paper is what's called a moonshot goal. This is one where if you were to even tell somebody about this goal, they would shake their head. They'd say, you're unrealistic. What are you talking about? That makes no sense, right? Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and I got to a point now in the business where I wasn't making those moonshot goals anymore. And that's because of the paradigm I was stuck in thinking, oh, if I want a $100 million business, I'm going to have to sacrifice my health, my family. It was this hard to get to seven figures. I couldn't imagine how hard it, it's going to be like a hundred times harder to get to, to like nine, nine figures. Yeah. But that's not the case. That's a wrong paradigm way of thinking. Yeah, and, that, and that was probably due to some influences that you had that created those thoughts. Yeah, I mean, the people we model or that we see and we see things that happen to them. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go down that road. But now I'm hanging around with different people that I'm seeing. They're working less than me. They're not necessarily – I'm a C student, by the way. I'm not like some genius that can do this. Like all I do is I, I work hard and I don't quit. Like yeah, and I'm yeah. stubborn. That's like my superpower. <laughs> so this don't is, think you have to go to Harvard or Yale to like make a lot of money. Yeah. Well, go, you yeah. can go hire some A students from, from high school and college. They'll help you out. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing about the moonshot vision, right? So if I were to go back to before I started my business, where I'm at now would have been a moonshot vision. And I got here. I didn't know how to get to where I am now when I started. Yeah, so yeah. it's the same thing now. It's time to set that bar a lot higher. And the people that I've been hanging around at these different events and the new friends I'm making, the new networks that I'm in, it's making this seem like really possible. And you have to keep switching that paradigm and changing what you think is possible. But to get into the original question of starting the business and everything being easy, I consider myself a super slow learner. I almost get self-conscious about this when I'm around some of the some of the high rollers that are talking about hundred million dollar companies and building and selling things. And I'm like, man, I've been doing this for like 15, 20 years and I'm only making seven figures like going for eight. It's like makes yeah. you want to step up and play bigger. So I yeah. definitely had the ups and downs of this whole entrepreneurial game. And we've all seen the memes on social media, right? Like every single day, it's like highs and lows and all over the place. Like I'm amazing. Yep, like yep. I'm depressed. Like depending on how many <laughs> sales are coming in. But talking about this emotional um, cycle of a company, I just want anyone who's out there who's getting started or they're feeling like frustrated, like they're in a rut. This is so normal and there's actually no way 
that this isn't going to happen. It happens to every single entrepreneur that starts a business. Now, when you first start your business, you're so optimistic, you're excited, but you don't really know what you don't know yet. You just have an idea and you're pumped up and you're fired up and you're like flying high right at the top of the chart. Yeah. Then eventually, and it varies how long this could take, but usually you'll see this with entrepreneurs. It's the shiny object thing. So within one to two years, you start getting a little frustrated. You're getting into the nitty gritty. Now you're realizing it's not quite as easy as you thought it was going to be. It's requiring yeah. some hard work, some grit, figuring things out, changing and at that point, there's distractions. There's other things that pop in and other things being advertised and promoted that look like a way better business model, a way better idea. And usually as people sink down into that level, they start over. They go right back to the beginning uh -huh. with the new, with the new business, the new project. Because they think it's going to be easier. Right. They think right, uh, right. this other way is going to be a lot simpler, a lot easier. So yeah, the yeah. bottom down there when you're frustrated – uh, jokingly, we call it the Valley of Despair. So being yeah. down there, you don't want to be there for like two years is the max. And that's a super yeah. long time. So normal to be down there would be like three to six months where you're just yeah. grinding, but you're like not feeling that kind of love and passion for what you're doing, which is why I'd say it's yeah. so yeah. important to pick a business that you doesn't feel like work because you're passionate about the topic. Don't go into something because you just think it's like an opportunity to make money because the long term is what's going to help you. But you yeah, got to yeah. power so, like, through like, that. Just, just to be clear here, just to be clear here, because like, you know, I've been through this myself and obviously you've been through it. Um, and, and obviously, like, you know, we know a lot of people, but what you're telling me is like every entrepreneur pretty much goes through this. Right. This is not a, this is, and this is not like a you and me sort of thing. This is everybody. It's almost like a rite of passage. Yeah. You can't opt out of it. You're going to go through it. <laughs> but what you can be encouraged about is when you push through this, then it pops up. Now you become optimistic and informed knowing what you're doing, which leads to the success and the fulfillment. Yeah, so yeah. you got to power true, through true, it. But the question is, how do you power through it? Like, what do you yeah. do? during those six months when you're stuck down there, because the natural tendency that most people are going to do is quit, go find something new and start the whole thing over again. They're still going to wind up there again, like in a year or two, you're going to keep yeah, winding yeah. up there. So you got to power through, but how can you shortcut that and get out of it quicker? Then just That's a great question. question. Please, please tell me the answer. <laughs> All right. Well, go back to the beginning of this episode and hit play. And it has to do with, that's how that's how you take the elevator up. Yeah, you got to go yeah. back and and listen to the right music, listen to the right podcasts, be around the right people, go to the events, raise your frequency and your vibration levels of, of who you're around and where you go and what you're thinking. We were talking about this before the podcast started. We said yeah, like during yeah. this quarantine thing, when everyone's sitting at home by themselves, it's easy to kind of like get into a little bit of a rut. And like, it yeah. was so great to get together in real life in Miami and see each other and do things. And it really just raises you up. So imagine if you had that built into your schedule where every like 60 days you were going to some group of other like-minded individuals. And if you can't do that because of where you live or what's going on, listen to these kind of things. Practice gratitude every morning. You know that you can't be thankful and depressed at the exact same moment in time. It's all these little things you're building into your life. Those are ways that you're yeah. going to get out of this quicker, but it is normal. You just got to power through it. 
I think that's that's really important for I think for you know for all of the all of the entrepreneurs out there, you know, if you haven't hit this state, if you haven't hit the pit of despair, accept that you will, right? Accept that you will at some point. You will hit the pit of despair and make sure that you have the influences in your life to actually carry you through it. Because otherwise you end up like Mike was talking about, you end up going back and starting over. And I think that's you know, that's what we don't want to happen. So it can even happen within your business too. We always think of it as starting a new business, but yeah, maybe, yeah. You, maybe you started a webinar funnel and it's not working too good. So not, then you switch to something else and you're like, oh, I'm going to do social media marketing. Oh, that's not working. Let me jump on YouTube. It's like when you start something like dial it in and keep going. It's like that book, The One Thing. Everybody's got yeah, the yeah. one thing that they're amazing at. And if you focus on that one thing, that's going to get you way better results. It goes right with the uh, 80-20 rule too. Focus on the things that are getting you the results and stop getting scattered everywhere, working on everything at the same time. Everything gets diluted. Big, big companies, they have like one key initiative per year that the whole company comes together and tries to accomplish. Can you can you talk to that a little bit more? I think that's actually a really interesting thing because I think a lot of people think, you know, to grow a business, you have to have... You know, and frankly, part of this is like, I, I remember in, you know, rich dad, poor dad, they talk about like multiple streams of income, right? So like everybody thinks, okay, if I want to get wealthy, I need to have multiple things. I need to be in all these different things. And right now what you're telling me is like, focus down. Is that, am I hearing that right? Yes. So for our annual planning, we pick three yeah, yeah. things per year that are working that we focus on. It does not mean that you're not like developing a couple other areas because there's also that diversity thing. If Facebook pulls the plug on you or you get banned from Google, like you don't want to like lose everything in yeah, one yeah. spot. But if you're so diluted that you're working on tons of different things all at once, none of them are going to like do that great. They're all going to be like C's. It'd be much more powerful to focus everybody's energy on like one to three things per year. And it's like, it's just like stocks. We've heard this, like if you've got 10 and then there's something new that you're interested in investing in, you don't just keep adding to the pile because how are you going to keep an eye on everything? You got to drop something yeah. Yeah. to add something. So really finding that sweet spot of how many you can handle and then, and then keeping yeah, it, it depends focused on, on. depends on your team and, and what's going on. But we usually have our one thing is something that if you accomplish this in the business, it's going to remove the other problems. You usually have like yeah, a list yeah. of all the things you're working on or problems in the business. And if you solve the one thing, that usually gets rid of like that whole list with that one thing. And that's where the majority of your focus should be on that one thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. 90 day oh, goals great. and moonshot visions related to those goals. Can I, so can I ask you is what is your moonshot goal? Is your moonshot goal that nine figure business? What is it? That was, I'm, I'm starting to shift my paradigm and being like, yeah, that, that feels even a little embarrassing to say that that's my moonshot. I think that's, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love this. Yeah, is, I'm, this trying, is how I'm trying to think bigger. I'm working on this myself. Yeah. That's, so that's our one thing this year that would change everything else is getting a high converting video sales letter. It just brings in such a stream of email customers and uh, memberships. Our other offer, Unlock Your Hip Flexors, it's still doing great, but it's been going for like five, six years now. I want to get yeah, another yeah. hot converting offer like that because that really feeds like everything else we're doing. And the next goals after that is to build out the leadership team. I'm working on developing an auto business. 
which isn't like an automobile company, but it's a business where I don't work here and the company does yeah. great without me. And that's what that's, I love. That's, that's amazing. I love that, man. Um, quick, quick one for you. We're, we're, you know, getting into that time where I want to do a little bit of a speed round and, you know, dig a little bit deeper into Mike and what's allowed you to be successful. Um, so, so first question for you, how would you actually define success? Like you've, you've made good money, you've done a lot in life. How would you personally define success? For me, success is not, is not money. For me, success is after I die meeting God. And he said, what did you do with all the gifts that I gave you? Did you loot? Did you waste them? Did you just like hold it or did you use it to like grow and make an impact for the kingdom? So for me, that would be success. So it's not about just business. It's about making disciples in the world. It's about sharing the gospel. It's about leaving a legacy with my family so that my yeah, children yeah. have being a good husband for my wife have and freedom is really why I started this business. I want to have the freedom to hang out with who I want to hang out with, work with who I want to work with, spend as much time with my family as I want to, and just make a difference in the world. I love that, man. Um, you seem so obviously like you and I are both big fans of the subconscious mind. Um, and one of the things that I always tell people is, you know, our subconscious is heavily habit driven, right? So, you know, we're very, we're very habit process driven um, animals, if you will. And uh, so my question to you is, uh, first thing in the morning, what's the first thing that you do when you wake up? It's a good question. You got to remember, I got little kids at home that yes. are getting ready for school and everything. So I'm not pulling the Craig Valentine and waking up at 4 a.m. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my alarm goes off at 6.30 and my, my morning stuff doesn't start till the family's taken care of. The kids are dropped off at school. Now it's like 8.15. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, as I'm yeah. driving to work, I'm listening to the right kind of music. I get to work and I start by um, doing a devotional, um, prayer time. And this has to be quick because I've seen this other problem too, where people spend like three hours doing their morning habit stuff. And by all the time, of a sudden by they're, time they're done with that, it's yeah, then they're stressed out because it's like one o'clock and they've got nothing done. So my whole morning <laughs> routine, it takes like 30 minutes and it's really just getting my mind right and getting focused on the day and being intentional about what today's going to look like instead of getting caught in putting out fires and getting frustrated and just going down a rabbit hole in the wrong direction. So it starts with gratitude, devotional, listening to the right music and spending some quiet time by myself for 30 minutes. And this is after the family stuff. Yeah. And I think that's something I actually want to point that out, right? Like the first thing that you do is actually family. The first thing that you do is spend time with your family. And you mentioned, you know, a lot of business owners that have grown their businesses and, you know, they overwork and you're like, well, it took this much work to get to, you know, multiple seven figures. Why would I want to go to nine figures? Right. But to me, that shows me that like you, you will never be that person because you always put your family first. Right. So I love that. Well, God willing. I mean, I think uh, money ch can change people. So you got to be, you got to be careful about that. I mean, it'd probably yeah, be yeah. pretty easy to start getting arrogant or proud just because you have more money. You start treating people different. Every single person has value and should be treated with respect. I believe we're all made in, in God's image. Like you treat everybody the same, no matter how much money they make. So yeah. my priorities always go God first, then family, and then work.
Yeah. And as long as you keep it in that order, for for me, things are going to be good and they're going to be in balance. And my wife is super supportive because of this. If I need to go on a trip or I need to work late or things are going on, there's communication. She's all in about that. But that's because I'm helping out and doing everything at home, too. I'm not giving them leftovers. You're coming home from work and you're exhausted and you're staying late every night. Like, this is a big reason why. You talk about the why people do this. They want freedom to spend time with their with their spouse and their kids and their family so then then you get sucked in and, and lose all that it like defeats the purpose of the whole thing so it's it's really a pitfall to be careful of but don't think that it's not possible you can totally grow a big successful business and still maintain your fitness your health your family your faith yeah and i think to me you know and i just keep coming back to this it depends on the type of influences you surround yourself with Right. You surround yourself with the types of people that have done that. Like you mentioned, they don't overwork themselves, but they have big successful businesses and, and they, they're there for their families and they show that they care and, you know, they, they practice their faith and everything like that. Like that's going to be the person that you end up, right? Sure. And Xander too, being busy does not mean being productive. What, if we got what, time, what I'd love to share what more. Do you, what do you mean? Everybody who's busy is productive. <laughs> <laughs> can you seriously though? Can you can you explain that a little bit more? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd love to share this. Um, when my first child was born, uh, Karina, my wife had some postpartum depression and she had some stomach issues. So I was forced to work less hours because I needed to help out at home. You'll never yeah, believe yeah. what happened that year. So I went from working 10 hours a day before having kids and now I'm down to four hours a day when my first kid's born so that I could help out. Guess what happened? Business went up. I'm hoping it did. It was the best year of business I ever had. And the reason was if I only had four hours, I had to ask myself, what is the most important things that I need to be doing? It's not surfing Facebook and looking at Instagram and answering every email in my inbox. I had to focus on the top priorities and that's all I had time to do. So I focused on that and worked less and made more money. And that was a big aha moment for me that that's how it should be all the time. Even when I have more time, it really comes down to just your energy. You have to spend your energy doing those important needle moving activities. You can't be wasting it on the easy stuff. And it's all emotional, internal resistance. The big projects, we push them, we procrastinate them, we don't want to do them. And then you're out of energy and you're out of time and you never get them done and you wind up not really moving in the right direction. Do you have do you have any last tips on for for people how not to procrastinate because I think you just hit on that like how do you how, how do you not procrastinate and you just get that thing done? I mean, it sounds like that's just how Mike behaves? Are you just like robotically programmed like that now? Or how do you, how do you do that, man? <laughs> I give a, a lot of thanks to Craig Ballantyne on this. And yeah. um, I, and I'm usually a night person, except I, once I had a family, I changed and I got into this more of a schedule and I actually found freedom through structure. I feel way more free now that I have more of a structure, which is kind yeah, of yeah. ironic, but my tip would be take the morning <clears throat> and block it off. I call it my GSD time, get stuff done, get shit done. That's uninterrupted time. My phone's off. My door is shut in my office. I don't schedule things during that time. There's no meetings. There's no podcast. I got three hours and that's where I work on those big needle moving activities. 
<clears throat> things that are going to make your money and really make the biggest impact and difference in your business. And I, everybody in our office does the same thing. You come in here in the morning, all the doors are shut and everybody's working on their big items. Later in the afternoon, when you're starting to get a little tired after lunch and stuff, that's when we do our meetings, our email, all the all the little busy work things that you still have to do just to run a business or to do your job. But don't use your freshest times for that. Yeah. Work, yeah. work on the big things in the morning. That would be the number one tip. Pick the that's, top needle moving activity and work on that first thing. That's huge. I think that's that's going to be a game changer for a lot of people, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this or you want to become an entrepreneur. Like Find that golden time and make that yours to do the things that you need to do. I love that, man. Um, one one last question for you, Mike. The shit you didn't learn in college, right? What's what's the one thing? What's the one thing that you wish they taught in school? Besides how to learn. Uh, but that's a great one too, right? But yeah. <laughs> oh man, there's so many, and we just talked about so many today. Yep. Just just one. All right. I would say you can give two if you want to give two. I'll be nice. I would, say lead, with, I would say lead with value. Yeah. So if you go to a lot of events or people you meet in business, they just come right in. They're trying to make the sale. They're trying to get that connection going. And they're just what's in it for me. I would say the opposite. Don't don't even start with business. Mm -hmm. Start by going to these events and just making friends, being cool, hanging out and then doing something to help somebody else. What can you do to add value to the relationship before yeah, you yeah. come in with your ask? Because when we go to these events, we're not trying to close any deals or sell anything to anybody. We're just having a great time together. We're getting to know each other. We're building relationships. And then later that opens a, a line of communication where if you've got something to talk about, you can. So be, be a giver, not a taker. And it's counterintuitive because we think that if you're a giver, you're going to get walked all over and nice guys finish last. But, yeah. <clears throat> but it's actually the opposite. The people that give and give and give, then when it's time and they call in their favors, everybody wants to help them and they shoot like right up to the top. And obviously you don't do it with that intention. It's just the right thing to do. Lead with yeah, value yeah. in all your relationships. Show up for people the right way. Don't come in with selfish, selfish ambition of what you want to get out of it. Do what you can to help people. Yeah. And you got to get creative with it sometimes. Maybe you've got some, you could introduce them to somebody or you've got a connection that could help them. Maybe you've got a podcast and you could have them be a guest on it. There's different ways that you can help people and just be creative. There's things that you're really good at that you take for granted that not everyone's good at. I think the big, you know, the big cornerstone to that too is like, yeah, like that, that's, that's great for business, but in the end, you're just going to feel better too. Like if you, if you come from a place of giving, you're just going to feel better in the end when you're helping and you're bringing value to others. Right. Sure. I mean, wouldn't that be great just with friends and family as well? It doesn't, it's not even just for business. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What if you approached all of your relationships that way? And people are actually happy to see you. <laughs> That's amazing. Beautiful. Mike, this has been, this has been absolutely stellar. Uh, you know, last thing for you, where can people learn more about what you have on the horizon and, uh, and learn more about Mike Westerdahl? Sure. You can follow me on Instagram at Mike Westerdahl, or I'd love to have you uh, listen to our podcast called Strong by Design. Beautiful. Oh, our Thanks YouTube channel too. If you want some follow along workouts, we got thousands of like free 
follow along workouts on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash critical bench. We and, did a and video let's, be clear, let's be clear. They have over 1 million subscribers already, not 900,000, over 1 million subscribers. So be sure to go check that out. Thank you. Awesome, Mike. Thanks a ton, man. This has been stellar. Appreciate it. So thankful to be on here. Thanks for your time. Hope this adds some value. Thanks, man. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.